Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy God. Hallelujah. Come on. How many know the Lord is holy? Hallelujah. Is he not holy? Is he not worthy? Hallelujah. The angels cry, holy, holy, holy. But the sons of God have something on the inside that recognizes that there's a holy God that's on the inside of us. Is it not? Hallelujah, Jesus. And that makes us honor God. That makes us reverence God. That makes us worship God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we love you this morning. Lord, we bless you this morning. Lord, we give you the praise this morning. For truly, God, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's all right to take a moment to just worship him. Hallelujah. It's all right to take a moment. Hallelujah. Just to give him what he is due. Hallelujah. Holy God. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I am so blessed. That was just such an encouraging reminder of who God is. Amen. Amen. Bless you this morning. You may be seated. I am honored, of course, to be here this morning. Amen. In Orangeburg, in our Father's house. Amen. My name is Gigi Riley. And it's just a blessing to be here. Um, I give honor to the shepherds of this house. Amen. Amen. All right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Some awesome um, pastors, awesome man and woman of God. Amen. Bishop Ed and Pastor Carlene. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise for them. I also praise God for all of you and those of you in your respective places. I'm honored today to be here um, in your presence. My father and his wife is here this morning. I give honor to him, Pastor George, and also last but not least, my wonderful husband over on the keys this morning, Mr. Darren Riley. Amen. Oh, and my beautiful children. Good morning. <laughs> Amen. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead um, and follow suit this morning. Amen. With the vein that the Lord has been in with just honoring him and recognizing who he is this morning. Amen. So I just want to encourage you um, this morning and greetings to those of you that are, are joining online as well. Um, like this video, share this broadcast, evangelize this morning, amen, and invite somebody to church with us. And so, but this morning, I just wanted to, to really just encourage us this morning, amen? How many know that sometimes life comes and things happen, and we can need some encouragement sometimes, right? We can need some encouragement, even, even those who have been saved all their lives. 
Sometimes we can need to be reminded of who we are inside of God. Amen. And with the world that we're living in and we see things happen, we see that the world is just getting worse and worse as the scripture has already told us. And sometimes when those things begin to happen, we can look and we can have the wrong perspective about it. But I want to encourage us this morning inside of God's perspective for his sons. Because he told us that trials are going to come. Tribulations are going to come. Offenses are going to come. Things are going to happen. We're in this world. We're not of this world, but we're still in this world. Amen? And so there are things. Yes, please talk back to me this morning. There are things that we're going to experience in this life. But because we have the Father, because we know the Father, that's a kind of a different way that someone who has God experiences things and someone who doesn't. Can we agree to that? Amen, amen. And so the world is filled with everyone's opinions. The world has an opinion about everything, about this and that. But as sons of God, we have to make sure that we have the right perspectives. Because you can have many truths, you can have many facts, but if it's from the wrong perspective, you can come out the word, looking in the word, read a scripture, come out believing the wrong thing, right? And so it's very important that we have the right perspectives when we go inside of the word of God. And so we're going to go in the word this morning and we're going to see what is God's intent for us as sons. And I want to, to make a bold statement and say that God's intent for a son has always been for us to live with inside of the boundaries of holiness. That's always been his intent, right? The, the God was not was not was not confused. He was he was not um um the the, the mess up of of a son of of Adam did not catch God off guard, right? Sin did not catch God off guard, but God always had a plan. Even from the very beginning, he always had a plan. And so then we say, okay, well, what is the dilemma of man? What is man's plan inside of, I mean, God's plan is for man inside of his purpose. And that has always been for us to live a life that is holy and acceptable unto him. That has always been his purpose, right? And, and, and because he knew that, that man could not achieve this purpose on his own, he said, you know what, I'm going to give him a little help. I got a little help that, that I'm going to give this man in order for them to fulfill my purpose here on earth. Okay? And so holiness has, has always, it has always been God's per, per, um, preference. And it has always been what he has expected from us. And so God gave man a life called Christ. A life called Christ, so that all those who reside in that life could what? Be holy and have what? Eternal life, right? We know the scripture, the most famous scripture probably in the world. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? His only begotten son, so that what? Who shall have a believe on him shall what? Not perish, but have everlasting life right and so some of us actually 
know what that scripture means. Some of us have actually experienced that scripture. Some of us have actually believed on God and we have attained eternal life. Am I not right? I'm, I'm one of those people that can say that, that I have experienced God and all that he is. I have experienced him washing me and cleaning me and purging me. I have experienced going before him a mess, going before him a wretch. But he said, you know what? You have not gone too far. You have not done too much. But guess what? Because I love you and because I've always had a plan for you, because I've always wanted you to fellowship with me and be one with me, guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to leave you in the state that you are, but what am I going to do? I'm going to wash you. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to purge you. I'm going to make you brand new. Does anybody remember that moment? Does anybody remember when you was tired of life? When you had tried so many other things? You might have tried men. You might have tried women. You might have tried drinking. You might have tried drugs. You tried so many other things, but none of it could fix it. None of it could fix the, the trials of life. None of it could fix the depression. None of it can fix the suicidal thoughts. None of it can fix when you wanted peace, but you couldn't find no peace. But one day, did we not hear about a man named Jesus? Hallelujah, Jesus. A man named Jesus who can wash all our sins away. Do we remember that moment? Do we remember that moment when we came and cried out on the altar and said, Lord, just fix me. I don't have all the words. I don't know the right way to say it. I don't know all the scriptures. I don't know how to rightly divide all of this. But Lord, I know I need a fixing. And you the only one that can do it. Does anybody remember that? Because sometimes we allow trials, we allow life, we allow situations to cause us to forget how precious that thing of the Holy Ghost truly is. That God has given us a precious gift. He's given us the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's given us something that nobody else could do. He's done something for us that nobody else could do. My husband loved me and I love him. But my husband never died for me. My husband didn't die on the cross for me. My children didn't die on the cross for me. My father didn't die on the cross for me. But the man Jesus said, despite all that you are, Gigi. I'm going to die on the cross for you because I want to adopt you into my family. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We can never lose the sentiment. We can never lose the affections that we had when we came to Jesus. Because when we forget, when we stop, when we start forgetting and stop remembering to give God praise and to give God thanks and to give God honor and glory for what he has done, we'll never be able to fulfill our purpose in this earth. We'll never be able to fulfill it. We'll always live beneath who we are as sons. God says, I give you all things pertaining to life and godliness. I've freely given it to you. What, what did we have to do to earn his goodness? What did we have to do to earn his righteousness? What did we have to do? All we had to do was say, yes, Lord. Please, God, give it to me. And he freely gave it to us. And so I've, I know that things happen. Things happen in our life. You know, we, we like Paul, we, we went on our road to Damascus, and we had that moment with God. 
We had that experience that was like none other. Our life changed. And we know we changed. Not, not just, you know, because sometimes... You know, the word, you know, you keep, you come to church, you hear the word, you could have grown up in church, been in church your whole life. And when you hear the word, the word going to do what it does. It'll clean you up. It'll clean you up. It'll cause you to start considering things. It'll cause you to start um, considering what you do, what you say, how you treat people. But, but, but the script says that when Paul met Jesus, well, he met God, at that very moment, he was very Christ. When he said yes to God, he became very Christ at that moment. And God has no respect of persons. And so when we met God on our road to Damascus, at that moment, we became very Christ. We became very Christ. But, but did life happen? Did life happen? Did life happen where, where we might have found it, it difficult to, to maintain our holiness? To maintain our righteousness, to, to keep our peace, to, to keep loving, to keep forgiving, to keep going on. Or sometimes just to keep a smile on our face. There are things that come in our lives that, that, that cause us to, to start to, to, to forget who our Father is. And so as we look in the Word and... And start assessing our heart. And there are some things that, that sometimes can give us pause. You know, when we start going through life's trials and, and tribulations. And when in, in Philippians 2 and 5, when it says, you know, when it talks about the mind that Christ has. And then, it's, and then it commands us to also have that same mind. To also allow that same mind to be in us. And then we say, you know what, well, wait a minute. Is this really what I signed up for? <laughs> Is this really what I signed up for? Or am I really okay with, with having no separate identity outside of the spirit of Christ? Am I okay with that? Am, am I okay with that, that when, when the spirit um, puts me in the midst of a humiliating situation and I have to stand and be Christ? Am I okay with that? Am I okay when I have to humble myself and keep loving and keep forgiving and keep being no doormat and keep apologizing? Am I okay when that same spirit will lead me to the cross, leading me to suffer for Christ's sake? And when we're talking about suffering, it ain't just because none of us have carried our actual wood cross to you <laughs> to a hill and been crucified on. But I'm talking about, am I okay with, the, with Christ leading me to suffer my comfort in situations sometimes? Christ leading me to suffer my preference in situations sometimes. Leading me to suffer not getting my way sometimes. Those are things that, that, the, that Christ in us might lead us to. Can I not get an amen on that? I know it don't. I know, I know, I know. But, but isn't that the same life that Christ was led to? A life of humility? When it said, the script says that he had to humble himself. Now we're talking about Christ. We're talking about God. We're talking about the almighty God. We're talking about the one who made the, the heavens and the stars. We're talking about the one who made us. And it said he had to humble himself. 
even unto the death of the cross. That means all that he was, all the great, the powerful, everything had to come in subjection to humility for his purpose. And that same life is the very same life that Christ has called us to. Are we okay with laying down our lives? Are we okay with denying ourselves? Are for, are for the sake of following Christ? For the sake of another soul? And a lot of times we're quickly to say yes to these things, but still find ourselves struggling. Why? Because we don't have the right perspective. And so let's go in the word, amen, and see what God's perspective is when we find ourselves in these situations. Do I have a reader this morning? <laughs> Pastor, can you read for me this morning? <laughs> that felt good to say that, y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. And so remember now, we're talking about perspective. And so this is God's word. This is God's perspective that he wants us to have, okay? And so let's keep that in mind. That is his word and his perspective, all right? And so let's start with 1 Peter 5. Uh, let's start at the 7. Start at the 7th verse. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Wait, okay. So, it says, for, that doesn't sound like a suggestion to me. Let's break this thing down, all right? So, it says, casting all your cares upon him. Does it say some? No, a little bit. No, but it says all, casting all your cares upon him, all your anxieties, all your concerns, all your worries, all those things you've been praying about, all those things you've been wondering about that's causing you. You know, sons of God should not walk around depressed. Sons of God should not walk around anxious and uh, taking pills and all these kind of things. Why? Because the scripture has told us, Cast all your cares upon him. Right? He's given us the answer. He's given us the remedy. So he says, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. He cares for you. That means that he's mindful of you. He has not forgotten about you. And when, you're, when you care about something, you watch over it carefully. Right? You watch over it to make sure that it's well taken care of. Do we not? How many wives care for their husbands? Are you not mindful? How many husbands care for your wives? Are you not mindful? How many parents care for their children? Are you not mindful? You're very mindful and watchful. Okay? So this is what the script is saying that God is of us. And then in 8 it goes on to say, Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Okay. Wow. So it says, be sober, be vigilant, be disciplined, be alert. Don't get moved. Don't get shaken. Because it says that your adversary, what is an adversary? An adversary is your enemy. 
That's the enemy. And who's our enemy? The devil, Satan, right? Is not, and he, he's not just the enemy of God, but he's also an enemy of us because he knows that God is in us. And because he knows that God loves us, right? So it says that be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy is as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And one thing about that old devil, that devil don't stop. He don't stop. He don't take no breaks. He don't go on vacation. He never clocks out. When we're sleeping, he's working. When we're in our bed snoring, he's plotting. What can I do? <laughs> what can I do? Oh, she praising God a little too much. Oh, she, she worshiping God a little too much. Oh, she a little too happy. Oh, she's starting to actually believe who she is or who he is as a son of God. Let me see what I can do about that that's what satan does but the script tells us wait a minute wait a minute be sober though and so i just appreciate god so much because he's let us in on our enemy strategy we don't have to try to figure it out we don't have to try to figure out what devil gonna do today and all no but he's let us know hey be sober be vigilant be alert because you got this enemy out there that's walking seeking whom he may devour and then what does it say whom who resists steadfast in the faith in the faith, my Lord. My Lord. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Okay, so you're not alone. That's right. <laughs> you're not alone. That's what the script's saying. You, you're not alone. You have a you you have a family. <laughs> you have some that's going through the same thing you're going. You ever felt like I'm the only one going through this by myself? No, we're never alone. Okay, but ten says. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish you, strengthen you. Wow. Now, that right there, remember we said perspective, right? So it says, and sometimes we read quickly <laughs> over certain things in the word. But did you hear when it says, but the God of all grace hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ. Right? If you have the spirit of God on the inside, you were called. And if you don't have it yet, if you called, you called. Right? Some of you might not have answered the call yet. But if you, you have been called unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. But it says, after that ye have suffered a while. Now, one thing I know about God is that we don't put the length in the suffering. We can't put the length in the suffering. I don't know whether it's going to be a month, two months, ten years, my whole life. I can't put the length in it. But it says, after we have suffered a while, and I'm not the one to determine what that suffering is going to be. Because it says that it's going to make you what? perfect it's going to establish you it's going to strengthen you it's going to settle you it's going to complete you it's going to confirm who you are it's going to give you a testimony of what it is that christ can actually do yes. 
So now, if you don't go through nothing, if you don't have no issues, you don't have no tests, no trials, how would the world see who Christ really is? How will Christ's life be seen if it's not seen through his sons? Because the same life that Jesus lived and walked, we now have that life. So we are walking this earth with Christ on the inside of us. So how else will people know that Christ still lives? Is he not still alive? Is he not still living and walking? How do we know? Because he's in me. He's in you. And, you, and we confirm that when, 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 when somebody who has not experienced him yet is able to look at your life and see, wait a minute, but we going through the same thing. Why does she still have her joy? Why is she still able to smile? Why did it knock me out, but it didn't knock her out? That's what the world needs to see. We are supposed to give a testimony. Our life should be a testimony of who Christ really is. Our life should be that testimony. And so that's why he says, why? Because it's going to establish you. It's going to strengthen you. And you know, sometimes we don't want to go through nothing. But you know what? Sometimes it ain't even about other people being convinced. Sometimes it's to convince our own selves. <laughs> but we got to convince our own selves that, yeah, I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. I'm a lot better. Do, do we ever sometimes just have to encourage our own selves? Wait, wait a minute. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not doing the things I used to do. I'm not making the same decisions. But it's something on the inside of me that's strengthening me. It's something on the inside that's encouraging me that I can make it, that I can do it, that I can keep going, and that something is Christ. And so when the script tells us to let this mind, we have to let this mind look at it from God's perspective. Because he said most gladly. But let's keep, let's keep going. So I want to um, talk about Paul. I'm reminded as we talk about trials, we know Paul, right? Paul, Paul was in a trial. Do you remember the trial Paul was in? Well, he was in so many, actually. <laughs> but it was one particular trial that Paul was in, and he got a little bit overwhelmed. So let's go to that trial, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But Paul was going through this trial, and Paul had a revelation in the midst of the trial. So we 2 Corinthians 12, and let's start at the start at the 7th verse. Unless I should be exalted, unless I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure okay okay so do we understand that he was being buffeted by the devil so that he would not be exalted above measure and so this was actually the chastening of the lord and what does the scripture says that he chastens those he what he love do we not whoop our children or let me not say whoop do we not chastise our children 
Why? Because we love them, right? Because we know that it's certain things that they might try to do or want to do, but we know that might not be good for them, right? So we chasten them. And so Paul was buffeted by the devil so that he would not be exalted above measure. And so to ensure, God wanted to ensure that he remained humble in the midst of all the revelations that he was walking in. All the revelations that he received. But God said, no, even in the midst of all that, you got to stay humble. So I'm going to give this thing to you that right that, to buffet you so that you won't be exalted. And so what does the eighth verse say? For this thing I sought the Lord thrice. That's three times that it might depart. So before he understood what was going on, it says that Paul sought the Lord three times asking him to remove the trial. Asking him to take it away. Prayed God take it away. Have we ever done that? Lord, just take the trial from me. Lord, just, just stop me from doing this. Lord, just do this. Just do that. And it says that Paul sought the Lord three times. Three different times. I know I done sought him more, a lot more than three times about situations. And saying, Lord, just take the trial from me. But what I didn't realize, I, can't, I did come to the realization, but I had to do exactly what Paul did. I had to come to the realization that, God, I don't want you to actually take me out the trial, but I need you to strengthen me through the trial. Because I realized that the trial is for my making. The trial is to make me perfect. The trial is to make me whole and complete. So I had to kind of change the way I was praying to God. And say, Lord, I need you to strengthen me because I know that there is a purpose inside of the trial. And so when Paul was seeking God to remove it, God gave him a response. The response of the Lord was what? My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Grace is not just God's mercy and God's love and God's kindness. It is that because that's what sent them to the cross, right? But grace is more than that. Grace is God's influence in our heart. And it's revealed inside of our lives. It is in the making of the church a holy habitation for the Father to dwell among his people. Grace is bigger than we think it is. It's the making of a son of God. Because remember he said, wait, I want you perfect. I want you to be perfect. I want you to be rooted. I want you to be established in this thing. I want you to look at your tests, your trials, and your tribulations. And I want the influence of my grace that's in your heart. I want that to be greater than anything you could ever go through in this world. Anything that you could go through, the influence that I, God, has made in your life is greater. Because you experienced my grace when I saved your soul. You experienced my grace when I washed you. You experienced my grace when I made you new. And so I need you to remember that my grace is sufficient. That my grace is the life of Christ. And it is sufficient. It is enough because the Christ in you has already overcome this world. All right, 
The Christ in you has already overcome this world. So it's enough. It's sufficient. We're not talking about a, a, a free pack. Because a lot of times when you talk about grace, it's, it's, remember we got to be talking about perspective. And a lot of times you, people talk about grace and we talk about, you know, God's grace and the mercy, which we thank God for. But we're not just talking about a free pass to live beneath who we are as sons. Because grace is going to cover us in our sins. But no, but because of grace, we receive the life of Christ. So that in this world, as he is, so are we. That's the grace that we received. In this world, as he is, so are we. And so he said, that is sufficient, but you got to receive that. You got to receive it. You got to believe it. I, I gave it to you, but do you believe that? Do you actually receive it? You know, like on the iPhone, on the iPhone, when you send a message to a person, at the bottom of the message, it says delivered. It says delivered. And so now you know. That you done sent that message, you know that it got delivered. But if that person on the other end never opened that message, they have no idea what it say. And you can be on the other side. Well, I know I texted them. I know I told them. But they never opened the message. They received it, but they didn't open it and apply it. And so that's what God does when he gives us his grace. He gives it. He delivered it to us. But we have to truly receive it. We have to truly apply it to our life, to our situations, to the things that, that we are facing in our life. And so the script says, for my strength, my strength, my power is made perfect in weakness. So most gladly, and this is Paul saying, most gladly, oh, most gladly, <laughs> most gladly, most willingly, yes, will I therefore well, no, most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Is that enough for us? Is it, is it okay if we don't have the reputation? Is it okay that we don't have the status? Is it okay that we don't get the last word? Is it okay that, that we're not the ones that's being praised and worshipped by men? But is it enough that the glory of and the power of Christ may rest upon us? Is that enough? And that's what God wants us to, we got to really examine that. I had to examine that. Is it enough that Christ is pleased with me? Is it enough that, 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 that I am holy and acceptable unto God? If man never is pleased with me, but that Christ is pleased with me, is that enough? That he is glorified in my life. And that's what he says. So Paul's whole perspective changed when he was reminded of the power of the Holy Ghost in his life. His whole perspective changed. He realized that there was a great purpose of God in the trials that he was facing. And so he said, therefore I take pleasure. Therefore I take pleasure. Yes. Yes. Pleasure. And, and infirmities, pleasure in reproaches, pleasure in necessities and persecutions and distress for whose sake? For Christ's sake. I take pleasure. It pleases me to be insulted. 
It pleases me to be distressed, to be persecuted, to have difficulties. It pleases me. Why? For when I am weak, for when I appear to be weak naturally, and you know what that means? When I appear to be weak naturally, that means when I humble myself to you, when I turn the other cheek, when I let you use me over and over again, when I don't retaliate, when, I have, when I'm meek and humble, my power that I actually have is under control, and I don't do what the world says that I should do, it appears that I'm weak, but guess what? Then am I strong. That's what the script is saying. Because then am I truly powerful. Why? Because it's not me, but I'm drawing from my God's strength. God is being manifested in me. And so I might appear weak, but God is being manifested. God's glory is upon me. God is approving and anointing. Oh my Lord, is the anointing worth it? How many people say, oh, I want to be anointed of God. I want his approval on my life. That's what the anointing is. When God puts his stamp of approval on us. And so is it worth it? And so before Paul understood this, he sought the Lord three times for him to remove those trials. But the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Oh, my grace sufficient my grace is sufficient Christ has done a wonderful work in us he has done a wonderful work in us and we will never know the workmanship that that we are if it's never tried if it's never tested it'll never will it'll never be seen we'll never know but the word says that the grace of God is in us and it's sufficient sufficient and 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 more powerful than anything we could ever face in this time in this life it's powerful enough to keep us it's powerful enough to to keep us in perfect peace it's powerful enough to keep our mind it's powerful enough to keep our hearts it's powerful enough to keep us it is sufficient to keep us in agreement with god and his purpose for our life paul agreed don't miss that part that Paul agreed quickly with God. That when God revealed his heart to him, when God gave him his perspective, Paul said, oh, most, most gladly will I. His whole demeanor changed. His whole, his whole perspective changed in one moment with God. One moment. Because he, he saw that, wait a minute, God got a purpose. God want to be glorified through me. And so I just want us to remember I want us to remember that inside of this life I'm almost finished to remember inside of this life that God has no respect of persons and when we look at the word sometimes we can look at the word of God and we can separate ourselves we look at it as, as Bible stories well, that's what they, <laughs> Bible stories, like they're fairy tales. But no, those are real people. The same power that was on earth thousands of years ago, that's the same power that's in here today. That's the same power that's in me right now. That's the same power that's in you right now. 
the same power, the same power, and 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 the trials and the tribulations that they went through is not just for for Hollywood to make a movie about, but it's letting us know, it's letting us know that you have the same power. Jesus does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change. If anything changes, we're the one that changes. But Jesus does not change. And just like he was powerful back then, he's powerful now. Just like he was saving back then, he's saving now. Like he was delivering back then, he's able to deliver now. But do we believe it? Do we believe it that we can go through a test, we can go through a trial, we can go through a tribulation, but still have the same power that was back thousands of years ago? Do we really believe that? Because if we really believe that, we will go through our tests differently. We will go through our tribulation differently. When Jeremiah was leading Israel into captivity, what did God tell him? Go. God led him into captivity. But then he also said, I know the plans that I have for you. But he led him into captivity. Didn't Daniel get thrown into the lion's den? Didn't the Hebrew boys get thrown into fire because they would not bow? But who? Who delivered them? And when we read those stories, we think that's so far stretched. You might not be thrown in a lion's den, but you might have a family where you're the outcast. You might have a, a drug addict in your family, and, and every time they come around, they're stealing from you. But then what if God say, but love them? Oh, my Lord. You might have a husband that's out of the way, but God says, love him. You might have children that don't do what you want them to do. But God says what? Love them. So what is he doing? He's throwing you right into the midst of a trial. And he's saying, well, guess what? You're not going in it by yourself because my grace is sufficient for thee. I'm right there with you. And it's actually not you doing it. It's you allowing me to love that soul through you. Can I trust you to do that? A trial is our opportunity to show God that, God, you can trust me. You can trust me with your spirit. You can trust me with your righteousness. You can trust me with your holiness. You can trust me that I'm going to be an accurate representation of you on this earth. I'm going to be your ambassador. You can trust me. You didn't give me your spirit in vain, God. But you gave it to me so that you can be glorified. And, God, you can trust me for your glory to be revealed on this earth. That's what we're saying when we say yes to the trial. And so even with, with David, I mean, so many, so many heroes in the Bible, so many heroes. But like I said, God don't have a respect of persons. When the trial come, when the trial come, consider yourself in great company. Consider yourself in great company. Didn't the devil have to come before God and report what he was doing? And didn't God suggest Job? Didn't he suggest Job? Now what if God say no, but I suggest Lyric. I suggest Dela. I suggest Darrell. That's an honor. Can't God say, you know what? I suggest George because I know he won't dishonor me. I suggest George because I know I'm going to put him in his trial and I'm going to be glorified. My glory is going to be revealed. That's the testimony that we want to have. And so as I close, I want to go to this last scripture because I want to encourage us. I want to make sure we encourage today. So the last scripture, is this is, uh, I believe it's Acts. 
uh, is it Acts 16? Paul and Silas. It's Acts 16, 17. What is it? 16. Okay, so let's, um, hmm. Act 16. Okay. Let's start at the 19th verse. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, is that what you want to start? Yes, ma'am. The hope of their gone, gains were gone, <clears throat> was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers. And brought them into the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe by being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Okay, well, well let's, let's pause for a minute. Because this sounds like Paul and Silas... They just a nobody trying to tell somebody. <laughs> With no how I go, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Right? That's all they was doing. Just doing the right thing. Aren't we supposed to do that preach the gospel? Aren't we supposed to spread the good news of Jesus? But oh, look at what rose up. The people rose, the multitude rose up together against them. But, but, but they were doing the will of the Lord, right? But the multitude rose and commanded to beat them, okay? And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Wait, 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 wait. So it says, now I, I, I believe that if Paul hadn't experienced his thorn experience and got the right perspective, but in this he had the right perspective, right? And so he says that they were thrown, beaten and thrown into jail, but at midnight, they began to sing praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They began to sing praises unto God in the midst of their trial, in the midst of being beaten, in the midst of persecution, they began to sing praises unto God. So that sounds like to me that don't let nothing take your praise away. That there's nothing that can come that should be able to take our praise away. And so Paul said, despite what I'm going through, despite my natural and physical condition, you ain't touched my spirit yet. Because my spirit worships God. My spirit glorifies and honors God. So I'm going to, because that's why I actually am. You see this body, but I'm seated in heavenly places with my father. So I, my spirit is just like the angels constantly worshiping worshiping, worshiping my father so no situation will move me no situation will cause me to dishonor my God that is worthy of the praise so I'm going to sing pray. oh if we would just begin to praise God sometimes we can praise our way through praise is to bring deliverance if we just begin to thank oh God and his goodness and his 
mercies that no matter what I've gone through, no matter what I've experienced, but Satan, you haven't touched me yet. You haven't touched me yet. So most gladly will I praise. Most gladly will I worship. Hallelujah. Most gladly will I praise and worship my God. And so what is he going to say? I got one, one point I want to make. Go ahead. And suddenly, verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And then he, call, he called for a light, and my Lord, then he called for a light and sprang in and, and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. Okay, let's let's stop. That's 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 it right there. So, first of all, he, they begin to praise, and something began to happen. Right? right? They begin to praise, and 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 they were loosed. Right? Hallelujah. You want your ministry loose? You want the anointing loose? You want the power of Christ loose? Maybe we need to praise God some more. Hallelujah. Okay? So they begin to praise God and something began to happen. But the point that I want us to never miss, and this is what I keep myself reminded of all the time, it says that the guard thought that they were gone. But they stayed. Why did they stay? And, and at the end of it, he says that he was about to kill himself because you you know you the, they don't got loose. You supposed to die. He knew what his fate was gonna be, that he was gonna die. But Paul, but Paul said, "Don't do it. We're all still here." And then what was he say? What was I do to be saved? He that God saw the character of Christ. That God saw the love of God in that moment. He saw that, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's something different about them. Because most would have, all would, dare I say, would have been gone, but they stayed. Why? Because what mattered, it didn't matter what happened to them. What mattered was that that soul be saved. And that that soul be able to see Christ. And then it says that not just he was saved, but thy house. Thy house was saved. Some of us praying for our family members. We praying for our children. We praying for co-workers. Stay in the midst of the trial. You want to see salvation fall on your family? You want to see salvation just fall in your life? Stay in the midst of the trial. Don't leave the trial until God be glorified. Until God be glorified. Because in the trial is a soul. It's a soul that's looking. It's a soul that's watching. It's a soul that's hoping you remain. It's a soul that's hoping that you don't lose faith. That you don't give up. So when we're going through our test and we're going through our trial, it's not even for us. It's not even about us. It's about another soul. And so way back when Paul said... When Paul said, Lord, remove it, remove it, remove it. The Lord said, no, I can't because it's a soul that's going to need you. 
It's the soul that's going to need you in, in the moment, in that persecution, in those trials. So no, I can't, I can't remove it, but I got to keep you in the trial. I got to keep you, I got to keep you in the, but guess what? Don't worry, because my grace is sufficient for thee in the midst of the trial. Do we believe that today? Do we believe that today? Do we believe that, that, that if we just allow God to strengthen us, does anybody feel strengthened? Does anybody need strength today? Do you need to be strengthened inside of your trial? Be strengthened. You, it might be situations at home. And it might be just personal situations. It might be situations on your job. It might be situations in your body. And you say, God, I need you to strengthen me through this. God, I need you to be glorified in this, God. Not my will be done, but God, your will be done. I need you to glory, be glorified. So, God, I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain, God. But, God, in the midst of it, I'm going to give you the praise. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to glorify you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to exalt you. I dare somebody to just begin to praise God right now. I dare you begin to thank on that situation. Begin to thank on that trial. Begin to thank on what you're going through. And then say, oh, but God, you're still worthy. Oh, God, you're still worthy of the glory. Oh, God, I'm going to praise you to my mind change. I'm going to praise you to my heart change. I'm going to praise you not to the situation change. Because you're not trying to change the situation But God I want you to change me I want you to change my perspective about it God I want you to change how I really feel about it in my heart God Because in my heart I want to honor you I want to glorify you In my heart I want to praise you In my heart I want my family saved How we be other loved ones that we've been praying for And we say God I need you to move I need you to move But what happened when they begin to praise God In the midst of their trial begin to move. So God says, stop thinking. You're thinking too much. You're worrying too much. Oh, just praise me. Just praise me. Just praise me. Oh, just worship me. Just honor me. Just honor me. And why are you even praising right now? I'm working it out right now. I'm working it out when you get back home. I'm working it out when you go back to work. I'm working it out right now. Praise me. Lift me up. Hallelujah. Don't let the angels out praise my, my sons. Don't let rocks but oh God, we are the ones who have been redeemed. We are the ones who have experienced God. We are the ones that know his goodness and his love and his mercy. Oh, so oh God, yes, I praise you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I'm done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, but I don't want to be presumptuous. If you need an encouragement this morning, is this all right, Bishop? If you need an encouragement this morning, if you need any strength this morning, if you say you, you just need prayer, say, Lord, I'm, I just need you to strengthen me through it. Yes, Lord, I'm going through some things. I just need you to strengthen me through it, God. I just need to know that you're mindful. I already know you're mindful because I hear you speaking to me, God. But God, I just need a little strength today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you need prayer, if you would like prayer, if you need a little strength, just stand where you are. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. 
Oh, let's make it personal. Let's make it personal. Let's make it personal. Let's talk to our God. Let's honor our God. Oh, Father, we honor you today, God. Oh, we bless you today, oh, God. Oh, Father, you're so worthy. You're so worthy. You're so worthy, God. You're worthy to be exalted, God. You're worthy to be praised, God. You're worthy to be lifted up, oh, God. And God, oh, God, we just come before you. We acknowledge you today, God. We acknowledge who you are. We acknowledge what you are. We acknowledge the life of Christ that you're giving us, Lord God. And Father, we just ask, Lord God, we ask for your strength today, Father. Strengthen your people, God. Strengthen your sons today, oh God. Every situation, every circumstance, God. Father, we're not asking to be removed from the trials. But God, just strengthen us through them, oh God. Oh God, sometimes we just need a little help, God. Oh, but you are the only one that we can come to, God. So Father, we... Hallelujah. We come to you with hearts full of thanksgiving. We're hearts full of worship. We're hearts full of praise. Oh, saying, God, thank you for your strength today, God. Thank you for reminding us who we are, God. Thank you for loving us enough, God, that you didn't leave us where we are, God. But you are so mindful. Thank you, oh, God. Every heart, God. Search our hearts today, God. You go in the cracks and you go in the crevices, oh God. You see every situation, God. The things that we have spoken to no one, God. You see, you hear, God. You know, God. And Father, we just ask for your strength today, oh God. Oh, we ask for the power of your Holy Ghost, oh God. To do what it do best, oh God. And have its way inside of our lives. Let your will be done, God. Let your power have its way, God. Be glorified on today, oh God, inside of our lives. Oh, we just thank you. We just thank you, God. We just thank you, God. We just thank you, God. If you're praying for your children, keep praying. Hallelujah. If you're praying for your loved one, your, your, your spouse, keep praying. Hallelujah, oh God. God is hearing. God is hearing. God is mindful. Hallelujah. He loves. He loves. He loves. He loves. He loves us. Hallelujah. He wants us to feel his loving embrace even right now. Feel his loving arms wrapped around us right now saying, yes, I love you. Yes, I'm mindful of you. You When I, you cried at night, I heard you. When you called my name, I heard you. I saw the tears falling. I heard you. It was not in vain. It was not in vain, but I have heard, I have seen, and I am so mindful, and I love you more than you ever know. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. God, we bless you today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Let's give God a praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give God a praise. Hallelujah. 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 Wonderful, wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's bless the Lord. Come on, let's give God glory this morning. Let's give God glory. Come on, let's continue to bless him. 
His grace is sufficient for us. And his strength is made perfect in weakness. Come on, we can just bless the Lord. We bless you for strength this morning. Thank you because you're always with us, God. In the midst of every trial we're going through, you're here with us. And you're strengthening us with might in the inner man. From the inside out, we just bless God. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Are we hearing God this morning? He's talking to... God wants us to know that he's concerned about every part of our lives. We're his children. He's a perfect father. Amen. He's a perfect father. Amen. And we love him. We love him. We love him. We want you to prepare the emblems for communion. Those of you who are online, you remember too that his grace is sufficient. No matter what you're going through, he's here to strengthen us from the inside out. That we can walk this journey and be holy while we're walking it. Amen. If you have your communion emblems, let's prepare them at this time. Those of you online, prepare those emblems. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love the Lord today. Oh, I love the Lord. This is a good atmosphere for us to take communion. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Father, we bless you for this time, this place, this moment. Oh, we feel your presence. You're here. You're here. You're here encouraging hearts today through your word. You're here touching sick bodies. You're here healing sin sick souls. You're here encouraging us in our walk, showing us that you're here with us, and we bless you for it. Mm. We praise you this morning. We pray that you would even strengthen Pastor Gigi, strengthen her, continue to use her for your glory. Take her places, God, in you that she has never been, places she don't even know that even exist. Strengthen her, and even as she goes forth with the word even more, God, we pray. Let's pray for her this morning. God, we pray even as she goes forth with the word, Lord, that you would use her as never before. Let the word, God, that's spoken and the anointing that's on the word break and destroy yokes. We believe you for that, God. Let her life be an example to the praise of your glory. That this very message she preaches as she walks it. God, that you would be glorified, that souls would be saved because of her life. The kingdom of God will be expanded. We thank you for it. And even this people, God, that's here this morning. God, we hear your word. And not only here, but those who are online, we hear your word. And those who may be hearing it later. God, we hear your word. We hear what you're saying to us. You've given us everything we need that we can be holy. We thank you for it this morning. We bless you for it this morning. Even God, we're, as we partake of these emblems today, let us, as we partake, let us remember what it is, Jesus, that you did for me, for us. The cross that you bore. The stripes that you bore. Oh God, Jesus, how you gave your life for us. Your blood that was shed. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let there be healing in the cup. Deliverance in the cup. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. After this, I'm sorry. Hallelujah, Jesus. For I have received of the Lord that which the Lord also delivered unto me. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. 
And when he had break it, he said, take eat. This is my body, which was broken for me. Darren, continue, continue playing, Darren. This is my body, which is broken for me. This do in remembrance of me. Hallelujah, Jesus. After the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him. He's holy. He's worthy. He's righteous. Hallelujah, Jesus. He did it just for us. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.